0: At the height of its popularity in the 80s, the G.I. Joe A Real American Hero toy line was churning out quite a lot of new characters and action figures every year. The majority of the new characters were Joes, of course, with just a few slots going to Cobra. And of those few choice slots, half of them were usually new types of army building troopers. We rarely got too many unique individual Cobra characters. That is until 1987, when Hasbro decided to get a little bit more creative. At first glance, I think it's safe to say that most people would probably think that Raptor, Big Boa, Crystal Ball, and Crocmaster belonged belong to another toy line not called G.I. Joe. None of them had anything that looked remotely military, and none of them even carried a single firearm. Instead, they each wore uniforms that looked more like bad cosplay and employed trained animals, punching gloves, and even hypnotic powers to combat G.I. Joe. Of course, because their designs were so way out of the box, they have become some of the most memorable and dare I say, beloved cobras to many G.I. Joe fans and collectors. Because as kids, not having any guns didn't mean you were uncool, but being able to control birds of prey, crocodiles, and so on was. Unfortunately, since they were released towards the tail end of the cartoon, they were never featured in animated form. Of course, I'm only referring to the Sunbow series as I refuse to acknowledge the existence of Deke. In the comics though, they each got some time to shine whether in the original Marvel run, Devil's Jew, or IDW. A couple of them even have interesting backstories as to why their toy was created in the first place. So let's get started with the first guy, Raptor. Raptor was your typical white-collar accountant who had a fascination with falconry that eventually turned into an obsession. He went as far as to dress himself up like a bird and live in a giant birdcage because he figured they responded better to him that way. He soon turned to a life of hunting and poaching, breeding larger and stronger birds of prey. He was soon after recruited by Destro to the cobra ranks after he was caught targeting minks on a cobra-owned ranch. I swear I'm not making this stuff up. In the original Marvel comics, he worked closely undercover with Crimson Guardsman, Fred VII. When the original Cobra commander was abandoned by Serpentor, he took refuge in Fred's garage where he was presented with a new battle armor to take back the Cobra leadership. But the former commander had other plans and decided to retire. This didn't sit well with Fred who dedicated his entire life to Cobra and he shot him in the back as Raptor stood back and watched. He then proceeded to help Fred bury the commander's body. Unfortunately for Fred and Raptor, the commander didn't die, that's another story for another time, and he came back with a vengeance retaking Cobra, and in his first act as leader, he buried all key Cobra operatives that he considered as traitors in a landlocked freighter under a volcano, alive, including poor Raptor. Unfortunately, none of his trained birds could get him out of this predicament, and while a few individuals managed to eventually escape, Raptor didn't, as he was one of the men who eventually died of botulism when they tried to subsist on tainted food rations found inside the freighter. Crystal Ball So to make sure they had all their bases covered, Cobra decided to recruit a hypnotist because, well, every good terrorist organization needs one of course. He is supposedly the love child of a Romanian man with psychic powers, and an American woman from Bangor, Maine, and is the seventh son of a seventh son. Anyway, regardless of his debatable usefulness in the Cobra ranks, the actual production history of his character in Toy is what makes this guy unique. Supposedly, Owen King, son of famous American supernatural horror author Stephen King, was a huge G.I. Joe fan when he was a boy. So much so that Hasbro designed and named the Joe character sneak peek after him. If you look at the card art, you can say he kinda even looks like him. In return, Stephen King, or his son Owen, created the character Crystal Ball for Hasbro as he wanted to add a little magic and some mysticism into the series. Fortunately, as part of what seemed to be his personal mission to make lame GI Joe characters actually cool, in his IDW critically acclaimed series, Cobra, writer Mike Costa reimagined Crystal Ball's overall character into a definitely creepier individual, modeling him after famed Watchmen writer, the Englishman Alan Moore, which makes that two famous authors that this character is linked to. He's best described in Costa's own words. We have a lot of opportunity to take things that are beloved but inherently silly and really find the pieces that really would work. I love the idea of a Svengali-like villain, someone who was so creepy and magnetic. He doesn't have to have supernatural powers. But it doesn't matter, he's so good at manipulating people that he might as well have. Big Boa In 1985, with two successful movie franchises under his belt, Sylvester Stallone was quite a big deal. So big that two toy companies tried to get in on the action. Coleco wanted to build an entire toy line around his Rambo franchise, while Hasbro aimed to recruit Rocky into the ranks of G.I. Joe. Initially, Rocky's recruitment was going well enough for Hasbro to go ahead and include the character in their Order of Battle comic sourcebook in 1987, start pre-production on an action figure and even add a nemesis for him into the Cobra ranks. Since both Drago and Clubber Lang weren't available, Big Boa was born. Before anything could become official though, Coleco stepped in and beat Hasbro to the punch, stipulating that they would only go ahead with Stallone if they went exclusively with them. Naturally, since they were offering an entire toy line versus a single action figure, an exclusive mail away at that, Coleco got their way and Rocky's inclusion to the Joe ranks was cancelled and his bio retracted on the very next issue of the series. Fortunately, Coleco couldn't care less about his nemesis and so Big Boa, the Cobra combat instructor, continued into production and was released. With his face entirely encased in a spiked helmet, and bare chest with spiked overalls, he looked more like a post-apocalyptic Mad Max reject than a military trainer. But whatever, he looked menacing enough which I guess was the point. I don't really remember him much in the original Marvel comic, but in the Devil's Jew series, which originally was a continuation of the Marvel run, he was killed off-panel as a way to introduce a deadlier threat to the Joe forces. But like Crystal Ball, in the more recent IDW series, a simpler and arguably more fearsome version of Big Boa is introduced in their Cobra series. Gone are the helmet and spikes, replaced by a basic metal jaw and a Hulk-sized body. In the series, he came close to killing exposed undercover Joe agent, Chuckles, with his bare hands before the latter managed to pull off a Hail Mary victory by stabbing him in the neck with a gunslide. And finally, we have Croc Master. Whether it was because of his scaly vest and boots, or that he trained ferocious alligators and crocodiles, Croc Master was arguably the coolest looking of these four crazy characters. He was in charge of security on Cobra Island, populating the sewers and swamps with his supposedly trained man-eating reptiles. In the Marvel comics, while I'm not so sure of exactly what he did, I guess he just sided with Serpentor, he unfortunately shared Raptor's fate, dying of botulism after being buried alive by Cobra Commander. Whereas his toy and Marvel comic appearance gave him a rough, muscular look, his modern version in the IDW comic went the other way, giving him a hunched, skinnier body and ditching the reptile scale for a more practical modified wetsuit. They also gave him a more detailed backstory where he grew up in the Florida Everglades under an abusive father who called himself the Croc Master and poached gators for their skin. He eventually ended up feeding his own father to the gators and took over the mantle of Croc Master. Before he was recruited by Cobra, he was an eco-terrorist, hunting down other poachers and individuals who sought to do damage to the swamp. And to add to the creep factor, it is also implied that he is a cannibal, having supposedly eaten an assistant assigned to him who was too… plump. As cool as he was, this version of Crocmaster also meets his untimely demise when he and a number of his crocodiles are shot to death by a Cobra defector that he tries to stop from escaping. Anyway, on the toy front, none of them got much updates aside from their original figures, which most likely warmed pegs in their day. The only one to get a modern update available on retail was Crockmaster as part of the 25th anniversary line. To get modern updates of the other three, you would have to go down a more exclusive route, that being the G.I. Joe Collectors Club, who during its multi-year run got Hasbro's official blessing to churn out action figures of characters not covered by the original retail line through an exclusive subscription service. Which basically meant that you had to buy all 12 action figures in each annual lineup or pay higher prices for individual figures on the secondary market. Big Boa was part of the first series sold in 2013, Raptor in 2017, and Crystal Ball with Lenticular Hypno Shield in hand in 2018. Unfortunately for me, I missed out on all three, and their insane prices on eBay will keep them from becoming a part of my collection anytime soon. Oh well. At least old Crocmaster still has his scaly buddies to keep him company. Fortunately, in the current 6 inch classified line, things are looking a little bit more promising, with the deluxe Crocmaster already out and the Big Boa on the way. At the rate this line is burning through both Joe and Cobra ranks, I'm pretty sure it'll only be a matter of time before Raptor and Crystal Ball make their much awaited return. Anyway, at their best, Raptor, Big Boa, Crystal Ball, and Crocmaster represent Hasbro at their imaginative peak thinking outside of the box and refusing to be restrained by the whole military theme of the GI Joe brand. But at their worst, these guys will go down as four of the craziest characters to ever be introduced into the toy line. So, what side of the proverbial coin do you guys fall into? Genius and iconic villains or just crazy stupid ideas that went nowhere? Well, I won't go so far as to call them iconic. I'm still a big fan of all four to varying degrees. So what about you guys? Let me know in the comments below and tell me your story. Thanks for watching Stories from the Toy Shelf. If you enjoyed this story, why not check another one? And please help me out by giving me a like or comment and subscribe to the channel to get notifications whenever I upload a new story. Until the next one,